0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sports Next Door. This the second episode I've ever introduced. The first episode I've ever introduced one on my own, as O in Scotland for two weeks. Uh, but he's knocked out, I think, three of these by now on his own, so... Gotta pull my own weight too, though oh if you're listening I swear I'm not getting competitive about this at all. Uh, But not a lot going on, waning weeks of summer, had some free time, and a surprising number of big sport headlines along with some tennis, uh, some signings in both the NHL and NBA catching my eye this week, so we're gonna delve into those a little and then talk about the Montreal and Cincinnati opens that went on last week, and are current is currently going on this week. So, not a lot of preamble. Solo, without further ado, we'll jump right into talking hockey. With maybe not the biggest, I no, the biggest and the freshest story of the podcast. We're leading with Nazem Kadri has signed a seven-year deal with the Calgary Flames. Worth seven million dollars per capita or per year, uh, so the first reaction to this is just wow. If you said on uh, free agency day, or not shortly after when their leading scorer, John, excuse me, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, had signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Matthew Kachuk had announced he wanted out. Uh, you could not have imagined a recovery this strong for the Calgary Flames first getting huberdo uh, back we called that them saving the off season with kadri replacing Goudreau. this team doesn't feel much worse off in the short term anyway than they left off last year uh, after that great regular season and second round excuse me third round no second round um slightly disappointing playoff performance. Replacing Kadri and Huberdeau on this team just replaces the biggest loss, scoring. These two guys had fantastic um, point production this past season. Kadri with a career-best 87. Uh, On defense, the core still solid, and of course Markstrom backing up the net. Uh, What I especially love about This switch-out is the big difference between this Flames team is the coaching. Um, I guess add Markstrom to it as well, but Daryl Sittler coming in, um, bringing this team into a more defensive, more winning style of hockey. Uh, When you sub out Kadri and Huberdeau, or compare them to Goudreau and Kachuk, Kachuk definitely that type of player, Um, but Goudreau, I think, being replaced by Kadri, who really was able to add defense to his game um, from the Babcock era in Toronto on, something he certainly brought to the Avalanche. Uh, Just these players with their age and uh, the defensive ability they play with seem like they're gonna fit right in here and this team hasn't taken a step back at all from where they left off in my season, or in my opinion from last season, which when you're two top scoring players choose to leave that's incredibly hard to do so hats off to the flames management for Kadri as an individual pretty good Um, the term makes up for maybe a bit of a lackluster number considering his num performance last year but at 31 years old it's hard to estimate he has too many of those years left in him so even if it's not like a nine million dollar cap hit at seven years That's still your get bank contract, Um, 49 million if the quick math is right. Bit of a Canada tax he has to pay. Um, But still, four or five years ago, this was like near a max contract. Um, So at 31 years old again, with a career of not ever being that top guy on your team, not a bad contract at all. Uh, Mentioning the top guy thing. The other thing I'm going to be interested in going in, if you look at the Flames depth chart, uh, there's no real centre you can justify starting ahead of Kadri. Um, so able to pick up those 87 points with uh, behind that mckinnon Ranton in line, who are always going to draw the opponent's best defensive effort. Uh, even in Toronto, playing behind guys like Matthews, Tavares, Castle. His whole career, this is might be the first time is truly the number one center on a team. The player defenses are going to have to game plan for the most. Um, so he'll have greater offensive opportunities for sure, but also greater defense to overcome. Uh, to make this happen, the Flames have to dump the contract of Sean Monahan, which they do for a conditional first to the Montreal Canadiens. So that gives them about... Two million cap space. When it's all said and done, Monahan carrying a six point five hit actually puts the flames over as things stand now. Uh, the GM quickly clarifying or adding that Carey Price, they're expecting to miss this season with a ten point five million dollar cap hit. Uh, this that he carries that frees up the space even with Monahan's contract. It's a He joins a really young core that needs, or is in their development phase, which is an interesting position for a player at 27 who still needs to, I guess, he was an 82 point. He did fit in with these Flames at one point, but he certainly regressed, so you saw with Bennett uh, going to the Panthers, the change of scenery really benefited him, so... Uh, with Monaghan I think there is some room to grow especially with that growth environment that's going to be there with Sapkowski the first overall pick called Caulfield uh, the one noted asterisk would be Kirby Doc who they traded for but haven't signed yet Uh, but it looks like if you take the 10 million and a half dollar cap hit of price off they're going to have about 4 million to sign Dak uh, which he hasn't put up tremendous numbers or anything yet. The potential is certainly there with some injury. This really seems like a situation where a bridge deal would make a lot of sense. Uh, if he takes two years, the Habs will be able to get a measure on his performance and they'll have contracts like Hoffman, Dadunov, um going out. So the the cap space would be there then. But I think he does have a little more to show to earn more than that, but with training camp not far away, and that contract not signed, uh, not a lot of talk, but it's hard to know what Doc is exactly expecting and where the stumbling block is, but perhaps those players who you don't really know, uh, Caulfield, you're getting a better idea, Safkowski, a huge um, variable of interest. Doc being healthy. Guys like Hoffman, Dadenoff, who are just really fun offensive forwards, even in their early 30s, waning production, um, could be a huge spark. As much fun as this forward course seems like, though, the defense not really there. No Carey Price, Jake Allen, uh, the best they have at the moment. It's hard to imagine over 82 seasons this young um kind of hit and miss forward core is going to be able to keep up with the damage they're going to have to get back that's going to be wrecked on this lacking defense and uh, goalie core. Uh, But we'll see for the Habs. Um, at Full cap space already, Cole Caulfield's contract not too far in the future, Uh, they've sort of lost the privilege already of being a rebuilding team and having all that cap space to make bold future decisions. So this year, are going to tell them a lot about what direction they need to go in the future. Last up, just wanted to check in with the Colorado Avalanche quickly. Where do the defending Stanley Cup champions stand, having lost a huge key part of their regular and playoff season success? And other than losing Kadri, they stand to be the exact same team they were. With the contract of Eric Johnson expiring next year, they'll have the room to re-sign McKinnon. And other than that, they've really got their, their core. So someone, the goaltending, you wonder, is it going to hold up? Especially they're going to have a little less offense to count on without Kadri. Um, but overall, for a team with as much talent as they had, um, to have that core of and you know McKinnon's getting locked up soon, uh, Landis Cog and McCarr long term, the Avs are sitting pretty pretty. So with that said... That'll wrap up talking hockey, and uh, we'll move on to basketball here. So another big contract signing, um, the biggest value in NBA history. In fact, LeBron James re-signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't have the numbers quite in front of me, but if the salary cap increases to a certain amount, becomes the r- biggest or like most paid NBA contract ever Uh, so with the talk about him eventually entering whatever team signs his son on a veteran exception uh, for that team to have a huge steal and be one big free agent signing away from a solid chance at a deep run uh, he'd have to take that minimum which would be a bit of a joke uh, um he likely won't be at the point production that players have ever been on when they've taken that minimum. Um, so the player who GMs his way into winning teams can, would legacy would continue um, with a bit of a laughing point maybe, but before he does that, goes and gets himself. It won't be the richest contract in NBA history by the time he signs that veterans deal. Um, but still gain one last big payday. Doesn't tell us too much about the future for LeBron, other than that he's now on pace to become a free agent the same year his son is drafted, um, so he gets exactly what he wants there. He does have a player option with the Lakers, uh, which will, with the implied choice of he goes where his son goes, it will present them the option to draft his son and get LeBron to renew that player option, uh, though the cap space, I imagine, then different than if he does the veterans thing that's been speculated by others. I don't know if it's actually been directly said by him, but that's what he'd do. Uh, this also syncs him up with Anthony Davis. Um, so that year, er, heading into the 24-25 season, Um, Post-23-24 season, the Lakers will have a lot to decide about their future. Moving on to tennis, uh, as I said at the start of the pod, last week in Montreal, while I was in Toronto, um, the Canadian Open, also known as National Bank, occurred on the ATP side. There we see Pablo Carreño Busta captures first thousands-level Masters, beating Hubert Herkax in the final off a fantastic run. The very next day in Cincinnati, where the another 1000 Masters event is currently going on, um, he loses with a career-high 13 double faults. Uh, just goes to show what a ridiculous endurance race the Grand Slams are that go two weeks and many more games and what a weird sport tennis is. Uh, and how fickle momentum can be as well. Couple of our favorite players to check in on during the two weeks. We'll start with Félix-Oge-Aliassime. who has a decent run in Montreal before losing to Herkaz in the third, fourth round. Still alive in to just tonight. He beat Yannick Sinner in a third round that saw him fall apart a bit earlier in the first, um, getting just 11% of his serve games tight second that saw him shore that up Uh, not enough to pull ahead but at least to go punch for punch had to save two match points against Sinner which he does and then mentioning the fickleness of momentum if you're Sinner you had those match points now you have to play a third set doesn't come out with his best on serve Felix is able to break early does it again and with the double break is able to take a 6-1 in the third set Um, Some beautiful, vicious, accurate hitting there throughout the third to just not give Sinner any breathing room to get comfortable. Some big serves as well to just never let it get too close on his own uh, third serve. For Felix, uh, it's not been a complete, uh, consistent calendar year, but we saw this in February. We're seeing signs of it again now. Uh, You love this comeback win, especially for that mindset development you're looking for. Able to fix what's going wrong for him in the first set, not give up in the second, hang in there. And then as soon as the chance for your victory comes, uh, take it, don't look back, and give no room. So congrats to Felix, hoping to see more from him of that this week. Uh, On to our other Canadian, Denis Shapovalov, continues what's been a tough, tough uh, spring-summer run year, honestly. Uh, give Going down in the first round in Montreal. But here in Cincy, wins his first match, straight sets, wins his second, and draws Daniel Medvedev, the world number one in the third. Loses it in two sets, both going 5-7, five, 5-7. Seven, five, seven. Uh, each pretty similar and seeing him go stay neck and neck with Medvedev hang in there um, but get a little nervy can't keep quite the clutchness up in that 11th game both sets uh, and just one two too many errors for Medvedev to take it. Couple key the big key stat on this one jumping out to me is Medvedev taking 87% of his second serve points. Um, if you're Shapo, you're just not gonna, you're not making him pay enough for missing his first serve. Um, I mean, guys don't ever have first serve ratings that high unless you're Nick Kyrgios, John Isner, um, and you see that in the break point opportunities, thirteen for Medvedev versus just four for Shapo If you don't make them pay on the second serve, um, and the first serve is going fine for them. Those breakpoints are going to be few and far between against a defensive excellence like Medvedev's. um, It's going to be really hard to capitalize on those few opportunities. That more or less the difference in why the pressure pours on for Medvedev, and he eventually takes advantage of it, despite defense at times from Chapeau defending a fair few breakpoints to get that tight. So that's our Canadians. We'll do a quick Uh, look around the draw who's left in the field at Cincy so going in the quarters we're gonna have Medvedev as aforementioned going up against Taylor Fritz who's been on a great run taking out Kyrgios in the second round who took out Medvedev in Montreal and then taking out Andre Rublev the round after so that probably the headlining matchup so far in the quarterfinals below that we're gonna have Stefano Sitsibas versus John Isner um deciding on the other side, Ben Shelton, who upsets uh, upsets and hardcore, takes out Casper Rudd against Cam Nori. Uh Marin Silich will be playing Carlos Alcaraz. Uh as mentioned, Felix takes out Sinner to play Borna Soric, who defeated Rafael Nadal through three sets in the second round. Um so the, we'll see if Felix can handle the hot streak there. And yeah, with that, that wraps up where the field's at now. Uh, the TSN membership repurchase to watch the tail end of that Felix match. Uh, and Saturday, Sunday, catch this wrapping up in time for the US Open to be caught in that one month period as well. So looking forward to plenty of tennis in the near future. And with that, We're going to wrap up the pod. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. Sports Next Door signing out.